There are many different ways that you can get bacterial vaginosis or yeast infections or UTIs. One of them is sugar. So people who eat a lot, consume a lot of different foods that have high sugar. The second thing is like your period can also cause your pH to become unbalanced. So when you get off your period, now there's room for this bacteria to grow. So like that's one area of it. But then can your partner give you bacterial vaginosis? So yes, they can in two different ways. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. We're talking about vaginas today. That is right. We're talking about all things vaginal health. And this is just one of the many episodes that I'm going to devote to destigmatizing vaginal health and just talking about all these things that most women are going through nowadays. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Daniela Levi Grubhart. She is the founder of Happy V, a vaginal health company. Daniela was battling with bacterial vaginosis for five, six years, and she was going from one gyno to the other. And they were all just prescribing her medicine that pretty much didn't really do anything. And her BV kept on coming back. So she decided to take matters in her own hands. And she started a company that is focused on improving your vaginal health. So I had a conversation with Daniela about how the company started, her entire journey as a young female entrepreneur. And I just really enjoyed this conversation. And I wanted to start talking about destigmatizing all these things that we all go through. And at the end, we have a little giveaway. So stay tuned to see how you can participate and win a little goodie bag from Happy V. Before we get into the episode, I'm going to read one of the reviews that I got from Adele773. This is a short and sweet review. It says, great podcast, inspiring, positive, motivating, and fun. Thank you very much. Sometimes you just need a short and sweet review to make sure that you're on the right path. And I'm going to invite you all to please leave a five-star rating and review on my podcast. Subscribe to the show so you never miss a single episode. Now let's hear from Danny. Daniela, welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We've been talking about this for a while now. So I'm for happy. A while. Can, yes. So I'm, I'm so happy to, ha- to be on your podcast. Today, we're going to talk about all things vagina and vaginal health. <laughs> it's crazy that it's still such a taboo. And I'm just so happy to have you here to kind of uh, not make it as a taboo as it currently is. Yeah. So please introduce yourself. Tell me who you are. Tell me about your company and all that. My name is Daniela Levy Graubard, and recently I'm the founder. Graubard. Le- yeah, recently Graubard. Um, <laughs> it's it's still a little weird to me, <laughs> but um, I'm the founder of Happy V, a women's wellness company that covers basically the A to C's of women's wellness, and we create dietary supplements for like cocoa, like you mentioned, vaginal health, um, for hormonal health, for gut health but really focusing more on like reproductive and vaginal health, because like you mentioned, yes, it's very taboo. You know, there aren't that many companies that cover this part of women's health, which is so important. Um, so yeah, that's what I dedicate my life to. <laughs> Let's start with the beginning. Why is this something that you were interested in? Give me like a little backstory. Why did you start Happy V? So I started Happy V because I was struggling with my own vaginal health issues. And it wasn't like I woke up one day and I was like, I want to have a vagina company because like, (laughs) yeah, no, that was never in my, I never saw that in my cards. (laughs) I was struggling with something that's called bacterial vaginosis, which is actually one of the most common vaginal infections in the world. And during this time when I was struggling with it, I had no idea what it was because again, like, Vaginal health is so taboo. Nobody really talks about it. We're not educated on it when we're in, when we're younger, when we're in school. Like our parents don't really talk to us about it. I don't know about you, Coco, but I come from a Hispanic household where like sex periods, all of that stuff is not even talked about. So yeah, in my family, I mean, I'm Croatian. We, my mom obviously talked to me about periods and stuff like that, but we never really went through like, okay, this is one type of infection. This is one type of like, it was not really talked about. Yeah. So it's like, it's just not really spoken about. And and so when I was going through this, I started going obviously to the doctor, uh, to the gynecologist and I would just go in, get a checkup, like 
they told me, oh, don't worry. It's just a bacterial infection. Um, and I was like, oh, is this an STD? Like, what, what is it? They don't, they didn't really inform me on exactly what it was or what caused it, but I didn't really think much of it. So I just went on my way, had my, uh, and they prescribe antibiotics. So just took the antibiotics and I was whatever. Like I, I didn't really think about it again. And then I started getting it again and again, and it was, became a recurring cycle. And I started switching my gynecologist. I was like, does my gynecologist not know what they're doing? And then it just became this thing where I was like so self-conscious about it. I couldn't talk to my friends about it because nobody really talks about their vaginal health with their girlfriends, Mm -hmm. at least at that point in my life. And this was back in like 2012, like 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, yeah, like on social media, nobody's talking about this at that time. And I start looking into different like remedies online because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life. I'm not going to keep going to the gynecologist because all they keep doing is prescribing antibiotics. They're not really telling me what's causing it. So I kind of took matters into my own hands and started doing my own research. And I started like trying different remedies, like on these forums, like a lot of these women will go down kind of like a rabbit hole and start Mm -hmm. trying different things because you're so desperate. You're like, I just want to get rid of this. And one of the symptoms is like a vaginal odor and it's Mm -hmm. very um, like pungy. So like you'll notice if you have this. Mm -hmm. So like these women are desperate and everybody's trying to figure it out, like in the internet. And they're like, I tried, you know, putting garlic cloves up my vagina. I tried a hydrogen peroxide douche. And it's like all of these things that you're, it's kind of bizarre that people are putting these things up their vagina. Yeah. Why would somebody put a garlic inside of their vagina? I don't know. And to be fair, like I actually did try some of these wow. and they were, they made the whole infection like worse and you would get Obviously, like a yeast yeah. infection. It was just horrible. So um, then I started dating my partner, Hans, who's now my husband. But obviously, like, you're very, it's a very embarrassing topic. Like, you're not talking to anyone about it. And you definitely don't want to talk about it with somebody that you just started dating. So, like, there would be moments where I'd be like, if I wasn't, if I had, like, um, like, a, like, it was coming back, I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to have sex right now. And I'm going to be, like, super honest. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that your platform is a lot about dating. Yeah. For somebody who is going through that, it is very mm-hmm. embarrassing, especially if, you know, you literally think my vagina smells and what am I supposed to yeah. do right now? Yeah. So I was like, so I actually like, I didn't want to have sex with him. And then he actually approached me because my my husband, Hans, is very direct. And so he was like, hey, what's going on? Like, why don't you want to have sex with me? <laughs> and then I was like, OK, well, listen, don't don't judge me. Like, don't criticize me because I know guys typically do this whenever somebody or some uh, a woman talks about her vaginal health. And I was like, I have this thing. It's called bacterial vaginosis. I have gone to multiple doctors. I have tried so many different remedies and it just always comes back. And so right now, like I'm having an episode Mm -hmm. and he was like very empathetic. He was very understanding, which I was really surprised because usually like a guy will be like, is this an STD? Like what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, like, who did you sleep with? Yeah. Who, or like, are you cheating around. on me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, are you cheating on me? Like all of these other things come up and he was like, I want to help you out. Like I want to help you figure this out because I'm sure you feel really alone. And I was really taken back by that because I was like, wow, like he really, mm-hmm. I don't know how you're going to help me, but okay, <laughs> why not? <laughs> And so it happened to be that Hans's family has been manufacturing dietary supplements for over 25 years. So they manufacture a lot of the products that go into Amazon and Walmart and GNC. And they have formulators and and chemists and naturopathic doctors that they work with. So we started working with his team of chemists and formulators to come up with something for me. Mm -hmm. And they found that there were like probiotic strains specifically for vaginal health and specifically for um, vaginitis, which is anything that has to do with bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections. And then when they created this formula, I kind of became a guinea pig because I was trying all of these different formulas. And then finally, after three months of being on this one specific formula, I didn't get BV again. 
And so I was shocked, number one, because I was like, how could this pill help mm-hmm. my bacterial vaginosis? It was natural. And then when I was doing my research, I realized like there really wasn't anything else out on the market that was helping women with this problem. So that's when I kind of started looking into the like the scientific evidence as to like how many women struggle with bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections. And it happened to be like around 21 million women in the U.S. each year struggle with uh, bacterial vaginosis and nobody's talking about it. And then the other thing is that 50% of those women will get a second recurrence after taking antibiotics. So that means that these women are the same, are going through the same path that I did, which is like going to the doctor, getting antibiotics, getting it again and again. And How it's often really was it coming back? I would say like at least once every three months, like mm-hmm. once every two months or once every three months. That's and it lot. really, yeah, it's a lot. And like I said before, it just really takes a toll on your mental health because you're mm-hmm. so self-conscious. You like don't really want to be intimate with someone. Let's talk um, about uh, what is bacterial vaginosis. So bacterial vaginosis is an overgrowth of harmful bacteria in your vaginal flora. You've probably heard of like pH balance, like keeping your pH in balance. So your pH is supposed to be between 3.8 and 4.5. But when it goes over 4.5, that's when this harmful bacteria can outnumber the good bacteria, which is our lactobacillus. You've probably heard of like lactobacillus acidophilus. It's one of the probiotic strains. But when this happens is when you start to experience the symptoms of bacterial vaginosis, which are like this like unusual discharge, like a pungy, weird odor, um, itch, redness. So you'll start to like, you You really will know if you're struggling with bacterial vaginosis. Would you say, it's very, what kind of discharge is it to get like super like, specific? Usually like women have a sort of discharge. It's like clear mm-hmm. or like maybe a little bit white. So this discharge is more like thin and like grayish or even mm-hmm. it could be like greenish yellow. So it depends on the person. But those are like the three colors I would say like grayish or greenish yellow. Are there any other symptoms that somebody, maybe they have one symptom, but they don't have another symptom or they usually have all the symptoms? You'll have like one to three of the symptoms, but actually 50% of women who get BV might not even have any symptoms at all. Like you have to get tested Mm -hmm. for it. So some people might not even know they have it. So what's the difference between BV and yeast infection? So BV is caused by a bacteria, a a harmful bacteria overgrowth. And then yeast infection is called by a candida or fungus overgrowth. So yeah, in your vagina, you have good bacteria, you have bad bacteria, and you have yeast. And typically, you just want more good bacteria over the bad bacteria or this fungus. Mm -hmm. And what are the symptoms of yeast infection? So yeast infections will be like that cottage cheese-like discharge. Mm-hmm. There's no odor really. And then there'll be like irritation. You'll have redness. It'll feel really painful when you're having sex because your vagina is very irritated. Those are typically the symptoms of like realizing you have a yeast infection. So then, okay, so then you guys started formulating this product to help mm-hmm. you specifically. What happened next? Yeah, so when the product was helping me... We started doing our research just more into like the market and seeing like what is out there for women, what does the branding look like, what does the messaging look like, um, kind of like that discovery phase of is there really a market for something like this? There was only like maybe two or three other brands, but they were like so old school. They were mm-hmm. basically it's like you're almost embarrassed to buy. Yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, like you're embarrassed. It says like odor, like really in big bold letters, or like. Um, like her vagina, vagina really big. Yeah. And so like, it makes women uncomfortable to walk by mm-hmm. the shelf and grab this product. And I mean, cause even myself, whenever I would go to the drugstore and be like, I would go real quick, like grab it and then hide it like in my, yeah, like yeah, near my yeah. bag. And I, I even like, sometimes I'll walk down the the grocery aisle and I'll see like a, a woman w- going towards that aisle and I could see her like looking around like seeing if other people are, are watching it's like nobody cares but mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for yourself you're kind of like this is just embarrassing for me we don't want to make this embarrassing for women but we wanted to make it approachable and comfortable there's like another part in it in this that's really important 
the ingredients that were going into this product. So when I was looking at other other brands, like I saw that in the products, like they had like BS ingredients. They weren't mm-hmm. really disclosing how much of each ingredient was in the product. They weren't effectively dosing each ingredient in the product. And what that means is just that a lot of times you'll see like proprietary blends on supplement facts or on the like in the ingredient section of the packaging. And basically, they're taking little bits of each ingredient, putting it together, and then making a claim based off of like one hero ingredient. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of people say like, supplements don't really work. They don't really help me. They're a waste of money. And yes, I would say like 99% of brands are probably a waste of money because they're not actually, they're like, they're putting a lot of effort into the branding and not a lot into the formula, which at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, that's what really matters. So, so what was your off, first product? So the first product was the probiot- the blue one, which is our pre-probiotic. That still is our hero bestseller product. And it targets mm-hmm. like vaginal health, gut health, and immune health. It encompasses like basically women's health overall. And then our second product was our UTI product, because again, that's like falls under infections. UTIs are very common. Tell us so about ha- UTIs for those who never had one. I, I actually think I never had an UTI. Then you're blessed because they're yeah, literally because I the heard worst. they're like super painful and I never really, I mean, I had other vaginal issues, obviously, as yeah. the internet knows, but <laughs> I didn't think I ever had an um, UTI. Yeah, they're honestly awful because you get this pain, this like constant urge to go pee, mm-hmm. but like you have it for a long time. And what so, and then, a UTI? so bacteria called E. coli. And mm-hmm. usually it's like, if you're wiping like back to front or mm-hmm. you're not peeing after sex, like bacteria makes its way up the urinary tract and then it'll like stick onto your urinary tract or onto your bladder. And that, uh, bacteria will form like a biofilm. Like, so basically this like thick resistance that is not allowing it to detach so now you're mm-hmm. like all you're all of a sudden starting to feel these symptoms of like having to pee all the time, like this burning. It's like a spicy pee feeling. It's really it's really weird. <laughs> like you're peeing um, a spicy yeah. margarita out of you. Yeah, literally like tobaccos <laughs> on your vagina and like from your vulva. Um, so those are the that's how you would get a, a UTI, and then those are the symptoms that you'd feel after you guys created these products. What was the first initial response from your customers? kind of like the same story as me. Like they were struggling for so many years, tried so many products. um, And then they were really thankful that there was finally that product that really helped them. I never really understood how many women were impacted by this Mm -hmm. um, infection or like these infections overall. And so when they would write to us and be like, you've changed my life. Like I can Mm -hmm. now, I feel like myself again. I feel like a woman. Mm -hmm. I feel... Like I can be sexy and it's like all of these different things that no one really talks about. I mean, vaginal health is such a taboo. (laughs) Why? It's really so taboo. I think it's taboo because it just goes back to our culture and Mm -hmm. not necessarily even like, you know, my Hispanic culture, your Croatian culture, but even in America, it's like women can't really talk openly about their vaginal health or like their reproductive health. And it's not, it's not up until, let's say like, I think 2015, 2016, that people started to vocalize more about their reproductive and vaginal health on social media. Now, that being said, like we've even had issues with like our ads, like our ads or like what we can say or what we cannot say on social media platforms because mm-hmm. they see that as it being sexual, which mm-hmm. is not always the case actually the majority of time it's not really sexual it's like we're just trying to communicate how we're Mm -hmm. feeling and what we're going through I think that more and more in our society it's like getting better and more people are realizing that we need to vocalize these things because like for like for you Coco with endometriosis Mm -hmm. like you didn't know it it was you know, you didn't know that it was a thing. Like you didn't know mm-hmm. people actually struggled with this until it happened to you. But then I now didn't you even have this know platform. the name of it. I didn't even hear yeah. the word endometriosis until my doctor told me this is what you have. Yeah. And I'm so like, it's like, okay. 
And now that you know that you have it, you're like, well, I have this platform and I'm going to use my platform to vocalize my experience and help other women out. And I think that our generation and Gen Z are, you know, they're like, we need to put these topics out in, out in the open and we need to have honest and open conversations about them so that we can destigmatize these topics like reproductive and vaginal health. Like even going into like products and things like that, like a lot of the products that our mothers used, they were like, smell like a, you know, a, a rose, be fresh and like all of this type of marketing. And I my think vagina is not a garden. Yeah, exactly. Like my vagina is not a garden. It is like, like stop categorizing our vaginas as like fruit or roses because that's not what they are. <laughs> no but could you imagine like with penises like if they're like i don't know like i don't even know what you could compare Girl, like to. a banana yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i don't want to get into a male female uh yeah. you know conversations right now but it is mind-blowing that that brand hymns has mm -hmm. these giant billboards all over the fucking world promoting Viagra. And then yeah. you want to promote your brand and say, this is going to treat your vaginal infection. And then Instagram yeah. is like, uh, Daniela. Yeah, take it are, down. Yeah, take it down. I mean, how, what do you do when you are literally being shut down by them? So we have found ways around it. There's just different words that we have to use. Like we can't use the word sex like for example on tiktok we when we talk about sex we do like s-e-g-g-s -G -G -S, segs mm -hmm. so if you have ever been on tiktok and you've like seen you're like why are they saying sex it's not because we want to like we don't want to talk about it it's that they're gonna flag our content if mm -hmm. we don't use other words so we've yeah. just found other ways to communicate it because we're not going to stop we're going to keep pushing forward And hopefully one day there will be like there will come a time where we can say the words and speak about these things openly on social media without being flagged. <laughs> I remember when I posted a video and I used the word nipples and it was literally uh, I was reacting a video. I was reacting a conversation between two people where one person is telling the other person, I can see your nipples through your shirt. And then the other person is like okay i have nipples like it's 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 i have mm -hmm. them and they took it down tiktok took it down and then instagram i think it's still alive on instagram mm -hmm. but yeah i was mind blown how i say the word nipples and you take my content down but then you have all these guys dancing around the entire platform literally butt naked i mean girls and guys yeah. but usually they take women's content down immediately But I say the word nipple, but then you have guys literally showing their nipples 24-7. Yeah, it's it's awful that it's censored and we just have to continue to post because like there's no other yeah. way. So you mentioned that Hans is your partner. How does that work in like your day-to-day -day life? So you guys are both a part of Happy V, correct? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, we're both co-founders in the company. We have very different working styles and we also work on different things. So I'm more on like the marketing and creative side. And then he's on like the operationals, like manufacturing and like structural part of the company. So I like that, that we have that divide because I get to work on the things that I love. And like, he doesn't, mm -hmm. he'll have a say sometimes, but like not, he's not in like all of our meetings or like in all of the projects. And same thing as me, like I'm not in all of the meetings or all of the projects, mm -hmm. but like we have our separation, which gives us like that room to like breathe <laughs> mm -hmm. and like be apart from each other and not always be like 24 seven with each other. Because when we first started the business, like I think that was one of my concerns because I was like we live together we hang out with the same people we work together it it can mm -hmm. be a lot so we had to set like certain boundaries and kind of like divide up the work so that we weren't constantly together mm -hmm. for somebody who's working with their partner or maybe they're thinking about starting a company together how do you implement those boundaries or what is the conversation that you guys need to have before starting a business So I think one is when you're starting a, um, a business with your partner is that you have to make it known that you want, okay, for like, first it's like, you have to define if there are different skill sets that you bring to the table, because I think that 
whether it's your partner or, or anyone else, like you don't want to have a lot of people that are like the same way because mm-hmm. then what's the purpose of bringing all these people together or collaborating on this uh, business together because they're all doing the same exact thing as you. So I think if you bring like two different mindsets into a business, you can divide up the work in a different way. We're like, okay, you're going to tackle these three things. I'm going to tackle these three other things and kind of communicating that up front. Um, I also think like communication is so important. So if something is bothering you or like something is like not working out, um, you have to communicate that and be open and honest with your partner or else like things are not going to work out or you're going to be arguing all the time. And that's going to, that's going to dive into your relationship and you don't want your business and then your relationship to affect one another. And how do you separate work from personal like when you get back home and you're making dinner do you talk about work yeah. all the time or do you have like okay 7 30 we're gonna stop talking about work <sighs> so i will say that i hear that we're try- <laughs> yeah so we're trying to get better in terms of like let's not always talk about work because mm-hmm. it can take a toll on like the relationship um we've definitely learned over the years that there, like, if we're having a bad day, we shouldn't bring those conversations into our dinner or like our mm-hmm. date nights because it's like we have to put a pin in it. We have to spend some time with one another to develop our relationship or like to further our relationship and and not consume so much of like so much of the stuff that's going on in our in our business. And I think and it's just been something that we've been working on for a while because. Like, I will say that I do a pretty good job at like, okay, seven o'clock, like, let's do dinner, let's watch a show, like, let's do something, like, let's go out with friends. Hans, on the other hand, is very much, he's always has a lot going on in his head, and he always wants to talk it out. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be like, can we talk about this tomorrow? He's like, why? So, exactly like, why? Yeah, I'm they like, need to just talk about they it. They always want to talk about <laughs> Yeah, so I'll be like, I'll be like, listen let's let's like let's focus on us right now and then tomorrow's a new day and we can talk about it tomorrow and so Mm -hmm. I think that like like just saying it just talking it out is beneficial and it has helped so now we just gotta like key that in because yeah I mean it's just it's inevitable like some Mm -hmm. people can turn it off and some others can't so I would love to talk more about your journey building a brand building a company this was your first entrepreneurial journey. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, my first. How was it for you? I know that's such a loaded question, but building a brand from the ground up, even you did have yeah. a partner that you trusted. I mean, you trust. Mm-hmm. How was that? For, how old were you when you started a company? I was 25 when I started the company. Okay, so let's, let's go back to that time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so... When I started Happy V, like I had no idea about business. I didn't know, like, I didn't know like the fundamentals of starting a business. Like, yes, I, I went to school for my degrees actually in business, but they don't, you learn it, but you don't get to apply it. Right. So it's like a lot of it's just like textbook and applying and like presenting to your class, but you never actually get to apply it. So when I was starting Happy V, it was a lot of learning. Like I would take a lot of courses online. Like I would take a lot of different marketing courses and like business courses and how to build a website, like how to, how to do a label, like how to do just like all of these different small intricate things in a business that you don't realize you have to do until you're doing it. And I think the, the great thing about starting it when I was 25 because some people would say like well you don't really have experience to start a business because actually I got that a lot but um like you should start it after you've like worked for 10 years and like you've been in corporate Mm -hmm. and you understand like the structure and the flow of things and I was like I'm just figuring it out and like seeing how it goes as I go thankfully I had a partner that had a business before that so like he was also like oh you know I tried this and it succeeded or like I tried this and it failed let's not do that again so thankfully Mm -hmm. I had that and I also had mentors that had businesses as well that I could reach out to and be like I don't know what to do with fulfillment for example like should I do it myself or should I go hire a company and then they would help me 
navigate that area of the business. But it was a lot of learning and a lot of patience and a lot of trial and error. And I think that if you, you know, if you're starting a business, you're going to real, you're going to notice that you need to believe in yourself a lot because there are going to be moments where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why did I do this? Like, maybe I should stop now. And like, you have to push yourself to be like, no, like get your shit together. Like get focused. Like you have to motivate yourself. Like nobody's there telling you what to do. Nobody's there watching over you. Like the success really relies on you, you showing up every day. Um, I have those moments so like those, every, every other day yeah. when I'm just like, why am I, why am I doing this? Why yeah. didn't I just, I don't know, work in a corporate, I mean, I did used to work in yeah. corporate, but I was like, why am I doing this to myself? But then I remember why. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You always have to remind yourself why you started. I was like resilient in the sense that there were so many moments that I just wanted to give up and I was like, no, we're going to, we're going to keep going. But yeah, in those beginning days, like it was just me and Hans. And then it was me and Hans for like the first two, like year and a half. For the first year and a half, it was just me and Hans. And then we brought somebody else on after that. And we hired like a lot of different agencies and freelancers that helped us get to the point where we're our, where we are today because we didn't have the finances to go, you know, hire a whole team and like get a whole office and like all of these different things that some people might be able to do. But you have to be able to work with like the resources that you have in front of you. Thankfully, we've grown like the Mm -hmm. business has done well and like we've grown to the point that we are right now and we Mm -hmm. have a whole team and we like we're doing really well. So just don't give up on yourself. (laughs) I love that you guys create very fun educational videos on TikTok and Instagram. And I feel like you really understand the power of social media and how to use it properly to promote your brand. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about your TikTok social media journey starting a business, because a lot of companies are struggling with promoting their business online because they feel like, I mean, I don't know what they feel like, but how, like, how, what would you say? What would be the best approach to create content as a business? Going back to what you said about our um, social media journey, our social media journey really did start on TikTok. And it came to me as like kind of like a shocker because people were like dancing on TikTok and stuff mm-hmm. back like two or three years ago. And I was like, why would I hop on this app where I'm not going to dance and like, mm-hmm. I don't, why would I dance? So what I started doing was, yeah, why would I dance on this? Like, how is that beneficial to the company? And and then that might go back to a a brand owner. Like, they're like, why am I going to do these like trends? And like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, what is, how is that going to help me? Anyways. So I got onto TikTok and I just started sharing like, like behind the scenes of the company, like how we create our formulas or like in the lab with uh, Hans Mm -hmm. or like sharing my story and that when I shared my story, I was like really transparent and honest and it took off. Like we went viral and then I was like, what? People actually want to see this content. Mm-hmm. And so then I realized like, OK, people want educational content. They want value added content. So they want to be able to like watch something and take away something that they can apply into their lives. And then they also want to see how things are made. Like they want to see mm-hmm why, you know, a certain ingredient is beneficial to your health or like why, you know, your packaging looks like a certain way. Like people love that behind the scenes or like they love like that educational information because especially in this area of like vaginal health where like not a lot of people are talking about it. Now, fast forward like three years, more and more people are talking about it. More people are talking about sexual health. But I think that that's why it's been so successful for us, like the, using those platforms, because people are like, this brand like understands what I'm going through and they're helping me get through something. Whereas I wouldn't be able to any other way because I can't talk to my friend or I can't, uh, maybe I can't go to the doctor right now because I can't afford it. I don't have insurance. So people are like going to these platforms to seek out information now. What would you say is the repeating question that keeps on coming to you as a business owner and a brand that's talking about vaginal health there are a couple so one of them in terms of like 
vaginal health and what I see a lot. You know, I think it's my partner that's giving me an infection. And it just goes back to one, like they're, you know, we're not as educated on this topic like growing up or, or even until up until the point that we get an infection. And a lot of times we'll point at our sex life. The thing is that it's not always sex. Like it could be so many other things. Like it could be eating a lot of sugar, like the feminine products that you're using, your period, birth control. Like there are so many different things that can affect your vaginal microbiome. So that's one. The -hmm. other thing is like people will comment like, does this really work? It says it does like X, Y, and Z. It says that it's going to help with my BV. It says it's going to help with my gut health, but that's too good to be true. So it's like Mm -hmm. we have to prove, continue to prove and educate on why our formula, our ingredients are going to really help you with these issues that you're struggling with. So it's a lot of like people are just skeptical. Like people Mm -hmm. are skeptical in the terms of like, you know, I've already tried so many different products and people have a lot of questions. So it's just important to address their concerns and their and their questions so that they feel more comfortable and that they could feel like they could trust you. No, I really do love how you guys are always showing like the behind the scenes and it gives like a little intro into your whole process and people feel like they're more part of the brand than versus like all these huge companies that you barely even know who the founders are. So I really love that about you and your brand. You mentioned that people think that sex or their partner is causing all these infections. Can a partner actually cause your BV or your yeast infection? There are many different ways that you can get bacterial vaginosis or yeast infections or UTIs. There There are many causes that can affect your vaginal microbiome. And like one of them is sugar. So people who eat a lot, consume a lot of different foods that have high sugar. The reason why you could get an infection from that is because bad bacteria actually feed off of this sugar and then they thrive and they take over your vaginal microbiome. Same thing as yeast. Mm -hmm. So you're actually feeding this bacteria or this fungus, and then now you're getting these infections. And a lot of people don't really know that. The second thing is like your period can also cause your pH to become unbalanced. So when you get off your period, now there's room for this bacteria to grow again because your pH is up is out of that range, 3.8 uh, and 4.5 and can start to give you like uh, bacterial vaginosis or yeast infections. So like that's one area of it. But then can your partner mm-hmm. give you bacterial vaginosis? So yes, they can in two different ways. One, so if your partner is ejaculating into you and you're not on birth control, semen has a pH of nine. So semen can alter your pH. So now when your pH is altered, again, this bacteria can outgrow the good bacteria. If your partner is cheating on you, so if your partner is having sex with someone else, they're not cleaning their penis and then they're going and having sex with you, then that could also cause BV. Now, like that being said, I would still, like if you think your partner is cheating on you, like you need to go and get tested. You need to go to the doctor and you need to mm-hmm. examine like exactly what could. That's why it's really important to go to the doctor because mm-hmm. they could tell you what could be causing it and you have to ask them to. Like you need to be like, what do you think could be causing it? And they'll start going through a list of things. Like, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? And they kind of help you identify like what those triggers could be for you. Mm -hmm. But you said that when you were going to these doctors, they were pretty much not able to find your diagnose or what was... Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's because I wasn't asking questions. I didn't know what questions to ask. Like I would go there and they'd be like, yeah, you have BB, here you go. Here's a prescription Mm -hmm. to a medication. But they didn't sit me down and say like, let's go through your diet. Let's go through what products you're using. And I think Mm -hmm. that now they realize that more people are going to the internet and social media to find out what is causing it, that now they are like a little bit more um, open, like they'll discuss it further with you versus before they just be like, "Here, here are antibiotics and send you on your way. The other thing is that you should come equipped with questions so that there's room for discussion because if you know there's certain doctors that don't like they, they see you for five minutes and then they leave you you really weren't able to have a conversation with them so either like ask the doctor or the nurses come in with your questions and they'll 
hopefully sit down with you and like go through them to help identify what is triggering your infection. You mentioned these feminine products. What is your opinion on these like special vaginal washes or any special yeah. soaps? So you do not need them. Your vagina does not need these vaginal washes or like cleansers or deodorants. It's honestly, I like, I wish that they didn't market them to women because they're really unnecessary. They have a lot of ingredients that will actually alter your pH and cause you to get either get irritated from these ingredients or cause an infection. And the reality is that your vagina is self-cleansing. It actually cleanses itself. You really only need water or like a sensitive soap, like Dove sensitive soap versus buying these like pink washes that are like, you're going to smell like a water garden, lily. <laughs> water lily, like jasmine, like yeah. summer's ocean or whatever, like they name it, but you, they're really unnecessary and save your money. Don't buy them. Just mm-hmm. buy like regular unscented, like the least amount of ingredients in the soap. And then also same thing goes for your like for your tampons and your pads. Like don't buy the scented ones. I used to be the person that would buy the scented ones because I was like, I don't want my period to smell. Your period has its own odor and that's okay. And like no one really, like no one smells your period. But Mm -hmm. these companies have ingrained this marketing into us that we think that we like, we need to smell like a certain way. So just Mm -hmm. like, don't buy like the scented pads or tampons. Let's talk about underwear. Are G-strings, thongs, are they maybe causing some infection sometimes? Because I see sometimes people mention that. Okay. So I know that a lot of us probably wear thongs or like the like super sexy underwear. And unfortunately that under type of underwear, the material that it's made out of, which is usually like uh, spandex or nylon or like, um, oh, what's the other one? Polyester. It's like the, like the lingerie. Yeah. Polyester um, is going to cause it could cause infections. And the reason is because these types of materials are not breathable materials. So you're, and like you're, believe it or not, your vagina needs to breathe. Like this bacteria can accumulate on the underwear and can create a breeding ground for bacteria to thrive in. So it's really important to like, not like try not to wear those, uh, underwears. Like, unless it's like, you know, you're going to be a freak in the streets. (laughs) And then the other thing, fun fact, but you should be switching out your underwear. Like you should be buying new underwear and like switching out old underwear every like eight to 12 months. So mm-hmm. I didn't actually know that up until like a couple of years ago, because a lot of people will keep like their same underwear for years, mm-hmm. like 10 years. And we should actually be switching it out often. That's a really good tip. And I never even thought about that. Imagine those underwear yeah. that you keep for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I don't know. Since you're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like hanging by a thread. You're like, yeah. you're like, no, I still, I want to keep it. I don't know why, but I do. I would love to hear some best practices or some tips that you can give women they can implement today to improve their vaginal health. I have a few. So the first one and I'm really big on this one is look into your diet, look at what you're eating, make sure that you're eating a lot of leafy greens, a lot of like lean proteins, like diet is so key when it comes to obviously like your overall health, but also your vaginal health. And I think a lot of us probably don't even think about the impact that it has on our vaginal health. I don't, so, I never thought about it. I swear to God. Yeah. I will start thinking about it now. No, seriously. So you want to avoid anything that's high in sugar or processed foods because sugar will actually impact your vaginal health in a negative way because this bacteria or harmful bacteria and fungus will feed off of the sugar and you don't, you want to prevent that from happening. So just try to like minimize your sugar intake and the processed foods that you're eating. And then Mm -hmm. the second one is your menstrual products. So like I was mentioning before, you want to make sure that it's like organic cotton, that they are not scented. And then also that you're switching out, if you wear tampons, that you're switching them out every three to four hours, because if you leave them in longer, your tampon can actually become a breeding ground for bacteria. You want to make sure that you're changing them out frequently. The other one is making sure that you're hydrated, that you're drinking a lot of water and 
again, like we don't, we think about it as our overall health, but we don't think about how it impacts our vaginal health. When you're dehydrated, it impacts your pH levels and it'll actually make your pH more alkaline, meaning that it's like going over that 4.5 range and you don't want that happening. The other thing is like peeing after sex. You want to pee after sex to flush out any bacteria that may, ha- may have gotten up there while that friction was happening. The other thing is incorporating a really good probiotic because probiotics are good bacteria that are going to protect your body from any harmful bacteria or any imbalances in your body. If somebody wants to try one of your products, even though they might not have an infection right now, what would you suggest Mm -hmm. they should start with? Just to kind of keep their vaginal health under control. So our, our Happy V Prebiotic plus Probiotic, it's not a product necessarily that you would need if you have a vaginal infection. It has strains for gut health as well, and it also helps with immune health. Plus, bonus side, it also helps with vaginal health. So it's really covering all areas of a woman's body. And it also has prebiotics, which helps eliminate that bad bacteria. So you're Mm -hmm. making sure that like your body is, your entire body is in balance and you're protecting it from any infections. And then the other product is our Happy Bee Liquid Chlorophyll. So that one I love, like you just put it in water. It tastes like, it tastes like earthy and like, it tastes healthy. And it's <laughs> like so you, pretty. You taste like it's, yeah, it's really pretty. And it actually detoxes your body. Our Happy Bee Liquid Chlorophyll is, mm-hmm. has so many benefits. So it helps with bloating. It helps with your digestion. It helps with your skin. It helps with your hair and it's basically detoxing your body. So I love taking that one every single day. Um, a lot of people love pairing that one with our prebiotic plus probiotic. So you're like mm-hmm. tackling your gut health, you're tackling your vaginal health and you're detoxing your body. Okay. We're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but before we do, I'm just thinking like, since we're talking about the vaginal health and all that stuff, I mean, it's crazy that there's not that much research about the whole thing. Or am I wrong? Like, wh- where's the research nowadays with vaginal health? No, so you're 100% right about research. So it's pretty interesting. Back when I was researching everything about like bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections and all of that, I realized that one that w- there wasn't a ton of information around it. And then I went back and I realized that women weren't included or weren't required to be included in clinical trials up until 1993. So 30 years ago, or Mm -hmm. like, so around the time that we were born, (laughs) was like when women started to be included in clinical trials. And the, like, so one of the concerns about that is like, for example, women who, or people who experience heart attacks, So a lot of the research was done, obviously, on men. So people thought that like, okay, so women also get the same, uh, the same, experience the same symptoms as men when they're going through a heart attack. And actually that's different. Men get pain in their chest. Women will get nauseous or dizzy or um, shortness of breath. So they didn't, like women were dying from heart attacks and they didn't, they couldn't even pinpoint what was like, why they were having a heart attack or when they were having a heart attack. So that's it's just so important that, you know, it's that crazy. women are included in this research. And also like men and women are completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, our reproductive organs are very different. And so now, you know, there is like more studies or there are a lot more studies around women's health, but I'm sure like in the future, there will be a lot more information regarding women's reproductive health and vaginal health. And like what we're seeing right now, is like just the beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. it's only been 30 years so that's wild yeah i remember when i was working with a brand that was focused on uh periods and they were talking about all these health trackers that were also just doing studies on men and that's they didn't do it on women purposely because of their hormone levels keep on like our hormone levels always go up and down so it was harder for them to do um research on women because of our hormone levels so they were just like okay we're just gonna do it on men and now with my aura ring and all these other things that i'm using now they have the periods implemented and and they tell you when you're supposed to be ovulating and all that so yeah i mean it's just it's it's mind-blowing and i'm so happy that you are spreading awareness (laughs) no and you too with and even like now you know coco with you finding out that you had endometriosis and like 
first of all, going to the gynecologist and getting checked up, which is like really important. And Mm -hmm. every woman needs to go to their gynecologist and get checked. But also just us pushing these messages forward out in social media or like wherever it is that we're like well, that we're, where we're speaking, mm-hmm. it's really important because that will help further research in women's health too. Like mm-hmm. we do have an impact in some way, shape or form just by like communicating it. And it mm-hmm. just goes back to like, we have to continue to destigmatize these conversations. We need to be open about them and like talk to your friend, talk to your mom, talk to whoever about mm-hmm. these issues because people will start to notice they'll start to like be more aware about like aware of like what's going on with women's health and it will continue to spread that message to hopefully do more research on women's health and i'm just going to say one thing if you maybe you don't have insurance you don't have a doctor that you want to go to and you think oh but an exam is so expensive it is expensive maybe to go to like a private practice but it's going to be more expensive if you're going to be dealing with a huge issue that could have been prevented then and there. Yeah. And just think about all the money you're spending on clothes and makeup and all this bullshit. I'm sorry, but like your health is number one priority. And I realized that when I was going through all of my situations, like laying that there in the hospital surrounded by, you know, all these, some women taking their uterus out. Like it was, it was just like, it was such an eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. And I wasn't really stressed about any of these other material items or any of these other mm-hmm. things that we're stressed on, on a daily basis when I was going through my, you know, my, my surgery and stuff. So yeah. when, if you are trying to, if, if you think that going to the doctor is too expensive for you right now, just think again and go yeah. get yourself checked. Just be on top of your health because nobody else is going to be on top of your health for you. Exactly. Daniela, this was wonderful. And can we do a little giveaway with uh, Happy V and some of your favorite products? Yes. Yes. I would love to do that. Okay. So I'm, as I always do, I post a little real recap of our conversation. So for anybody who wants to be a part of the giveaway, you got to follow Happy V on Instagram and drop a comment under the video and tell me what was your favorite part of this episode. Daniela, can you please share where everybody can follow you, where they can find Happy V and all the yes. socials? Yeah, so you can follow Happy V on Instagram at my Happy V and on TikTok also at my Happy V. And then my personal is at Danny underscore loves. Okay. Amazing, Daniela. Thank you so much for being a part of the Bougie Thank Best you for podcast. having me. Woo-hoo. This was awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye.